back to the crossover podcast the show where you get comics and you get sports and it's a double dose of tv week this week as we are going to be doing the same thing we did last week where this podcast will be half game of thrones review and half bachelorette review we kicked it off last week a little bit of game of thrones and we're gonna flip it this time craig needles is here to talk about bachelorette how's it going craig excellent thanks how are you uh not bad not bad um i think this was would you say the I, I think this is one of the better episodes, wire to wire, that we've had during this Rachel season. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I honestly, well, I, I don't know. I, I I go back and forth on that because it was it was a fine episode compared to the last couple of weeks here. But uh, mm. I honestly have not been thrilled with the the way the season has ended, and it's not no. uh, it's not Rachel's fault. It's uh, just that there hasn't been a lot of highlights. Anyway, uh, this episode did have some stuff to it that was uh, that was somewhat interesting. So it was half meeting the family, meeting her family, because we met the the guys' families the week before. Half fantasy suites, although we didn't get all the way through the fantasy suites. And usually the fantasy suites are some of the funnier moments of of the entire season. But uh, we'll, we'll get to that. But first, let's talk about them meeting the Rachel's family. Um, Peter was the first one to go, and initially they went shopping for baby clothes. And Peter told her that he loved her. And Rachel, I think, said I love you back to Peter. And so far, that's the only one she said I love you back to. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um. Well, Rachel's house, Craig. I mean, yeah. Pretty nice. Yeah, pretty nice. Oh, good lord. I mean, whoo! <laughs> My God in heaven. Um. Without being a Texas judge, <laughs> it's pretty good for a career. It's very well, lucrative. Well. Uh, I guess that was her parents' house, or was it her? It doesn't matter whose house it was. The yeah. important thing is there's there's money in the law, and mm-hmm. uh, they seem to have figured that out. Uh, good for them, and yeah, it was a, a nice looking place to hang out. It was not like Dean's dad's place, tell you that much. Oh, good lord, <laughs> God, oh Dean's dad, he will live on forever as a legend. Uh, so speaking of dads, though, we did not get to meet Rachel's dad as we. Uh, suspected and and it went it went down accordingly as like like we mentioned in the past his wikipedia page is a picture of him shaking hands with bill clinton when he was a sitting president so he has got no time for the bachelorette he's, he's i had heard and yeah. i don't know if this is true there's some rules that if you're a federal judge you cannot appear on television or something i i, I believe I, that yeah, it, it, would make it, sense. It, it would make all the sense in the world. Mm-hmm. So that's why when I heard it, I'm like, okay, that, that, that seems reasonable. So I don't know if there's actually a, a hard and fast rule that says, no, you can't appear on a show like The Bachelor mm-hmm. or The Bachelorette. But if there isn't, there probably should be one. Yeah, that's, <laughs> um, that, that seems very but, much within the realm of reason. good for Judge Sam Lindsay for saying, you know what, if he had a choice here, good for him for saying, you know what, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, yeah, probably a, a business decision yeah. <laughs> that correctly correctly made. Um, so Peter, I thought came off very well in the family date. Mother seemed to like him. Didn't really, there was, there wasn't really a lot of grilling going on. I mean, they did have a couple questions about how he claimed he wouldn't propose to, to Rachel, but, uh, 
the mother seemed to like him. What, what did you think? How did you feel? Stock up or down for Peter in the in the family? Day? I, I thought stock a little bit down because of the proposal situation. That mm-hmm. that seemed like it uh, was a hang up there. I thought that um, Peter stock down. Uh, I thought that Brian was about the same, and I thought that it went up a little bit for Eric. That was kind of my my, my takeaway from the episode. So 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 down a little bit for he uh, for Peter, just because I I really thought that um, he could have handled some parts of the of the visit Rachel's family a little better. And I think this comes back uh, when we get a little cliffhanger right before the uh, situation with the the fantasy suite. Yeah, so he didn't ask. He, he was very adamant about saying when this is all said and done, he's not going to propose to Rachel because they, he doesn't, you know, he's not that kind of guy. He doesn't feel like they know each other well enough for him to get down on a knee and propose. So, therefore, he didn't ask for the weird blessing thing that's, you know, straight out of the 1900s. I still I still don't understand the, the, the blessing thing in, in 2017, but whatever. Um I don't know. The mother seemed to like like him, though. I thought. I thought. I thought she respected his decision yeah, because. She, yeah. Yeah. I thought she got it. She understood it. That because because she was also talking about well, love. Are we? Uh, yeah. Talking about that a little bit too quickly, so it it felt as though she was trying to to pump the brakes a little bit on some of it. So. Mm-hmm. Her creepy white brother-in-law was there. God, that guy's a tool. <laughs> like, I am not a fan. Everybody else in Rachel's fan uh, family uh, seemed seemed pretty on the level with that guy. Yeah, that uh, guy. Some bugs that, me this about is two him. Seasons Two seasons yeah. of the show in a row where you're like, I don't know about that guy. Yeah, if I never see that guy again, it'll be too soon. Uh, so you got stuck down for Peter. Um, yeah, just a little bit because of the proposal thing. Like, yeah. I, I, clearly, Rachel likes him a lot. I think the family likes him a lot. But the proposal thing clearly uh, uh, was something that, um, that that Rachel did not like. Yeah. So Eric got the second date. And I, I should do a little mea culpa here because last week I made fun of uh, – Eric for calling himself E Bigger on the show, and people on Twitter pointed out that apparently uh, his his last name is actually Bigger. It's, yes. it's Eric Bigger. So a uh, bit of a mea culpa on that, but also you know your your Twitter handle is literally M Pierce. That's true, <laughs> very true. But I you know I only did that for lack of whatnot. But I also don't go around referring to myself as M Pierce. You good know, point. like like that is a, like that as is a, a nickname. Point. That was more as 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 a branding thing, I guess kind of sort of but you know good point by you and and yeah mia culpa um yeah so they went on the date with what looked to be the sun sphere craig did you notice that knoxville, knoxville. <laughs> yeah. yes i did the that. wig sphere <laughs> it's it pretty cool i was like oh my god do they have a sun sphere in texas cool <laughs> uh who has better who has better travel ideas than triple a <laughs> according to this triple a guidebook no mm. one <laughs> Oh, Bill oh, House. Underrated, yeah. underrated Simpsons character in Bill House. Uh, Rachel and the Jeans remind me of the Genuine song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they, the family... I think they liked Derek. I thought they liked Derek. They went at him a little hard, though. I, I But I thought it was I thought it was more, okay, we like you, but we got to figure you out type of... Right. Ty- type of stuff. as much as from the... Uh, uh, a, a, a cultural background in some ways and certainly a racial and ethnic background. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel is more like Eric than anyone else. Uh, Eric's life. And we discussed this a little bit last week, Eric's life as a child and basically his entire life has, has quite simply been nothing even remotely close to mm-hmm. what Rachel's life has been. 
Yeah, and I thought it was funny because I, I I'm not sure if they said the sister was also a lawyer or whatever, but she certainly was asking lawyer like lawyer ask cross examining type questions, and then the good people who take care of the music for Game of Thrones composed. I don't know if you noticed, like it was very Law and Order esque. Like it wasn't quite you know the Law and Order theme, but it was very. I don't want to say ripoff, but an homage is probably the better word to that. Once that those sequence of questions started, and I thought that was pretty funny because it went a little bit like, but you know, just like with enough spaces that you could pick up on it. But it, you know, they probably won't get sued. So in the, <laughs> I thought that in was the dating justice system. Rachel's <laughs> represented by two separate and equally important groups. First, her family, who interrogate people. <laughs> Secondly, Chris Harrison, who introduces them to her. These are their stories. <laughs> I'm just picturing Rachel walk, walking into her house and then just having a casual conversation. Then all of a sudden, oh my god! <laughs> That's honestly, uh, it's a quick side note, yeah. I always thought to myself, like, if I ever committed a crime, like, okay, how would this crime be discovered on Law & Order? Yeah. <laughs> like, I've never committed a crime that would need to be discovered on law and order but i'm just saying like you know you always think about that right like okay like would it be someone taking out the garbage or something yeah. you know, there's all sorts of different things like you know we, we we all know how law and order crimes get discovered yeah. that's definitely one of the things that you would consider but yes and then I jerry what's his name jerry orbach may he rest in peace always had a snappy line yeah, or whatever yeah, be like yeah. well school's out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god law and order was great if you ever if you ever see one of the great getting killed at a chinese restaurant looks like he had this it looks like he had combo number six side note you know who my favorite character in the history of law and order always was uh craig it was always the uh the new york bartender who immediately recognizes you know a, somebody by a photograph right away oh that guy is here once for 10 minutes three weeks ago yeah. oh yeah, yeah yeah it came in with a woman you know yeah, he came in with a woman. She everything. looked like this and they show the picture of the person on the slab with the yeah. Board. yeah it's her okay <laughs> oh god guy stacking crates who doesn't stop stacking crates while he's getting investigated yeah, for, that, 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 for that guy's in like once every for a week, double like, murder too he's like yeah, double yeah. murder huh? you know can't stop stacking these crates so yeah. Good. yeah he worked here for about a couple of weeks didn't really show up very much anyways <laughs> <laughs> his oh, last paychecks here if he wants it <laughs> and then Lenny Briscoe's like I don't think he'll be needing it yeah <laughs> oh god so good oh man friggin uh, Matt TV had one of the all time great uh, like just last side note about Law and Order uh, Matt TV had one of the all time great Law and Order sketches where they did like rejected Law and Order openings so like people would be at a uh and there was one where like people were at a you know a child's like fourth birthday party, and this is the moment the dad decides to divorce the wife at the child's birthday party, and then in the middle of the speech, oh my god, <laughs> they just find a dead body in the bushes. <laughs> that would ruin that divorce. Oh god, brilliant. Well, anyway, back to the Bachelorette. Uh, Brian gets the third date. Um, Peter beefing a little bit with Brian there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I kind of like that. I wish we explored that a little bit more. I got I got to say, uh, would have made, I think, that first hour. I mean, I didn't mind the first hour. I thought we moved at a pretty brisk pace, but I would have liked to explore Peter Peter uh, feuding with Brian a little bit more than, uh, than we got to. Brian, uh, they, they, they both wore the watches, which uh, Eric would point out does mean something, I would think. And yep. uh, 
he got to meet her friends who are just, you know, two hilariously stereotypical white women uh, drinking br- mimosas over brunch. Guys, <laughs> just, <ugh. laughs> just like, good lord. Um, Brian's a Florida Gator, Craig. How do you feel about that? Um, okay, I guess. Like, it's not like it's not like it's someone who I'm like super yeah. excited to claim as a Florida alum. Like he's he's not Tim Tebow. Yeah, that's uh, true. <laughs> but you know, Tim Tebow right, killing it in single A, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's. Dude, I I'll tell you right now, I I would bet that he gets called up to the Mets in September for some stupid. If, like the Mets are going to be way out of it. There's going to be no reason. To oh yeah, the Mets. yeah. Tim Tebow will be playing for the Mets in September. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I don't. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. I mean, I just don't think he's a... Good I, enough I, to play Major League Baseball? I agree. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think so. But I think he's I think he's just a tremendous athlete. And I'll say this for Tim Tebow, there are not 32 people on planet Earth that are better at playing the quarterback position in the National Football League than Tim Tebow. Um, Rachel exclaimed to her friends that she initially thought that Brian... Was a douchebag. And you know what they say about your first instinct, Craig? It's usually right. Yeah. Well, you should always go with it. Uh, it's kind of funny, though, when they when, when they were doing the... Because uh, you know how I feel about chiropractors. And if you've listened to the Bachelor... Uh, <laughs> the, the, any of our Bachelorette podcasts leading up to this, uh, you know, you... you... <laughs> You know my stance on chiropractors, and it was funny though because in the lead up to it, she said, uh, wh- "I don't know if it was her cousin or the brother-in-law or the uncle or whoever was there, but she said that one person was a uh, anesthesiologist." And I was hoping there would be some sort of Doctor Coxian from Scrubs type of exchange where the guy goes, "No, I'm a real doctor," <laughs> you know, type of. Thing. <laughs> I was really rooting for that, and I just just never got it. Um, you know, you can't always get what you want. No, it's true. So the biggest, uh, the highlight of the Brian date to me, what I thought was the, con- like the mother was kind of grilling him about, uh, you mentioned earlier about, uh, uh, he was saying he, he really loved her and she was kind of like, mm, you know, you've only known her for six weeks. So I don't know if yeah. love is the word I would be using, but uh, what really fascinated me was the mother versus wife conversation and where she fell on that. Where do you fall a personally? on that on that side of things Craig and B as far as the show goes and the mother asking that question um I'm fine with the mom asking it mm-hmm. um yeah it's um I, I I think that she's right I think the mom is right and I, uh, I, I think that it's impossible to to feel that way in that timeline you can think your head in that way mm-hmm. and obviously and, and I've heard people say this before people have been on the show it's that it's an incubator because like you're doing nothing else other than being on the show mm-hmm. it just like it, it really makes your, your your feelings go go faster it, uh, it it's essentially a way of, of expediting everything because you're so consumed by what's going on around you that you have nothing else to do but let your feelings get you know run wild a little bit mm-hmm. doesn't matter to me though um it, to me at some point um you, you've got to realize that those those feelings are um are, are, are things that and i know it's going to sound silly but uh are, are things that you can't just conjure up in that amount of time yeah, the incubator is a great word for it because you're basically trying to squeeze like two, three years of a relationship into six weeks while exactly. surrounded by other people trying to do the same thing, right? Which is just, yep. yeah. In a nutshell, this is not the proper way to fall in love, I, I don't think. I mean, we... we you we, know what, we, now that yeah. you mention it, yeah. it, is not, it does not have a good track record for this sort of thing. Yeah, I know. I just, 
I'm not gonna stop watching, but I mean it's oh, great. Oh god, yeah, no. But, like, hey, I don't watch this show because I want people to fall in love. Yeah. I want this show because I want people to do dumb things. And guess what? <laughs> Here we are. Didn't uh, do. It's just man when they were they were they really went after Brian, and I thought Rachel kind of defended her man a little bit, which I kind of liked because they did. I think uh, grill him a little unfairly to the point where I was reminded of that scene in Seinfeld where Newman's like staring at Jerry going. It's kind of hot under these lights, isn't it, Seinfeld? <laughs> and stuff. And it was just like, man, they are really going after him. And uh, so once the home dates were over, Craig, how did you have all three of the bachelors ranked? I had, it, like, it, to me, this is like the, the what, what I think Rachel's rankings would be. Mm-hmm. Probably, whew, I've, Probably one Peter, two Brian, three Eric. But I'm I, I could honestly have any combination there, and I would not argue heavily against it. Yeah, to me, I think I think I would go Peter one. This is after the uh, the yeah family date, by the way. I would go Peter one, Eric two, and I got Brian third. Even though she she did defend him, I think I think the uh, yeah I think the, the the seed of doubt from the family was was implanted in in, in Rachel's brain, and I think I because her family seems very important to her, so I, I think that uh, I, I I think that that little just nugget of of whatnot may may. I don't know. Fester is not the right word. That's a little too strong, but but something a little lighter than fester in 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 the brain. So afterwards, they head to Spain, and they go on a pretty cool. He- Eric and her uh, go on a one-on-one, and they go on a pretty cool helicopter date where they uh, fly over all the vineyards that exist in the. I believe they were in the northern part of Spain. I thought it was pretty funny. They didn't edit like there. There was a real savage moment by the editing crew. I'm not sure if you picked up on that, Craig, but. There was this moment where, like, I think it was, I can't remember if it was before or after, I'm pretty sure it was after the uh, helicopter ride, where they're sitting there drinking champagne, and Eric does that thing. We've all done this, let's not pretend like we haven't, but he did that thing where you drink a little bit too fast, and then you kind of, like, go, you know, like, and they didn't edit that out for some reason, and I was like, why didn't they edit that out? Like, that was just so cruel to do to Eric, like, put that on TV? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Who amongst us has never drank a little bit too fast and then gone, like, ooh, ooh. Ooh, or, me. right? You know, like, you have something go down the wrong pipe, or whatever happens. Yeah. Hey, we all have drinking mistakes. Yeah, it's like that's when my drinking problem started. <laughs> uh, airplane, great film. Uh, highlights of this one: uh, the wish bell that I thought was pretty cool. Some sort of church bell where they all made a wish and then rang it three times. Uh, Eric said, "I love you" for the first and second time on this date. While reading the fantasy room card, he used the word breath instead of breath, just like uh, Will Smith used to do on the old Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And uh, it all culminates with the fantasy suite, which Rachel gives to Eric, and Eric accepts, and it looks like they had a great time. Looks like they had a lovely time at the mm-hmm. fantasy suite. It wasn't quite as uh, as obvious as the Raven situation, but it looks like they had a lovely time. Yeah, I still suite. I still think the Ravens the Raven one was fake. But I mean, there was the like cutout, like they just went to the bed. There was the one shot where they're just like, "Here's the bed they slept in," and the covers were all askew. <laughs> they were yeah. just like, "What do you think happened here?" Yeah. Could <laughs> so, have been anything. Exactly. Right. And I was saying to my wife, like, I didn't know what Rachel's situation was going to be for the fantasy suite perspective, mm-hmm. if only because, um, 
you know, she's obviously got, uh, you know, religion's a big part of her life. And if that's not something she wants to do uh, yeah. uh, with someone uh, at that point in the relationship, that would be completely and totally understandable. But mm-hmm. uh, clearly that's not the way she felt about old Eric. Yeah. So Eric, good on him, gets gets through it. And I, you know, I feel like his stock was going up the whole, the whole episode. Uh, after that, we get to Peter. Who goes on a pretty cool vineyard date with uh, with with Rachel? Man, I would have really loved to do that, except for the part where they got serenaded by the old Spanish dude. I thought that was a little well. It just went on like two bars too long for me. It would have been nice, but at a certain point, I would have been like, "Oh, he's still going." <laughs> but uh, man, that was pretty awesome. So is that? And he gave him a key to this like personal wine cellar that had their names on it. Do you think that's still there? Or do you think that's just something they did for the show? And oh, so it's just for the show. Yeah. Okay. Cause I was just like, cause he gave him a key though two, not one, but two keys. Right. So yeah, I think it was just, uh, yeah. Cameras. Yeah. Like after the cameras were off, he was like, get those back. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, uh, I just, <sighs> that thing where like Peter started to bring up the engagement talk and, the kid like interrupted them. Did that seem really fake to you? Yeah, it seemed like it was a little bit staged. Like, and then then the the the, the, the interviews afterwards, like, oh wow, the kid was there. Like, no, 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 that. Yeah. Yeah, it felt it was... as though like some producer, like they the producer had like had the kid like you know in a in a cat carrying case and let the kid out. They're like, no, no, no. Yeah, we need to save we need to save this conversation for. Uh, they're like, oh, we need to save this conversation for next uh, or for the. For the dinner date, right? So, like, quick, slide the kid. Yeah. You know, they're, they're on, like, the receiver. Quick, slide the kid in. And then the kid just slid in and interrupted everything. I just thought it was so weird. So, we end on this with... Oh, and they did the old uh, foot stomping of the grapes, which... I don't know. I, I'm not sure if that's actually... I'm, I'm sure there's tons of other stuff, but it, as as a, as a guy who works in, in this sort of industry, it doesn't seem very sanitary to me. Uh, so, they go to the dinner date right before the question of the fantasy suite happens and the engagement talk and whether or not Peter is willing to give up his preconceived notions about getting engaged and and whether or not it's too quickly and Rachel tells him that she's not looking for a boyfriend at the end of this she's looking for a husband and this is where the wheels start to come off for Peter here because he does not reciprocate these feelings and continues to stand his ground, and we end on Rachel crying. So my question to you, Craig, when we get back next week, do you foresee Peter and Rachel going to the fantasy suite? Yeah, they'll figure it out. Yeah, you think so? You think we're just getting taken for a ride here? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. <laughs> as, much as, I, as much as I would love to, to yeah. say that, you know, because for drama purposes, obviously it's better they don't go. But like, you know, at, at some point, if you're Peter, you got to be thinking to yourself, like, all right, I should just like, you know, figure my situation out. This is my one chance at this, mm-hmm. you know, and then probably if you're Rachel, too. So there you go. Peter's a good looking guy. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that that's kind of it. It was just it was. It was a good episode. It was solid. We we went where to where. We didn't get to see. We got to wait till next week to find out what happens on uh, Brian's one on one day. Two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. How many episodes? Because next week's we have two left as well. We have more than two left, I think, because we have the men tell all as well. Yeah, and then so they're gonna do. So I guess the last episode we're gonna get Brian as 
we're going to get Brian's one-on-one, then the rose ceremony, and then who proposes to Rachel, right? And which one she picks? That, that yeah, I think, that, I think that might uh, that, that seems like a reasonable plan. Because, uh, yeah, we probably only have the one left because we have one left in July and then one left in August. So, yeah, that sounds right. Now, the history of the tell-all, Craig, tends to be... I mean, there's usually pretty fun fun moments like last year with uh, Corinne and Taylor and Taylor coming back and, and one of the most vicious dog piles you've ever seen in your entire life happened. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. Like, like, good Beautiful. Lord. Like, uh, it was... it was, And, like, Corinne went for that, like, victory champagne strut and stuff. Man, she's everything we wanted her to be. And, yeah. I am... Now it's it's interesting it's it's just weird it feels weird for me to say this because I'm I'm interested to see how this Lee thing goes down because it seems like he's going to be there I was I was actually trying to look up to see if he was he was there at the tell all and it seems like he's going to be there yeah but this time around the audience members as well as the men who are on the show and Rachel who you know is going to make an appearance will all be aware of this man's Twitter account, right? That's true. So, I don't know. I, I just, I think it's very interesting. It's, it's going to be very, is the tell-all live? I can never remember what's live and what's not live on this. I don't think it is, right? Tell-all's live. It is it? Interesting. Yeah, from what, from what I, I recall. Um, I, but I'm pretty sure the tell-all's live. Do you think there could be some sort of incident on this show? There's always going to be people yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. Is there an incident beyond that? Probably not. Yeah. Like, I think there might be Rachel saying, hey, you're a jerk. Yeah. And, and other people saying, hey, you're a jerk. But I don't think we're going to get into physical confrontation here. The only way that happens, I think, if, if Lee escalates it, because I'm pretty sure that, you know, it's not going to be a, a moment of rage type of thing for, for, for Kenny or for any of the other guys. Yeah. Because they'll, they'll, they'll have had some lots of time to... To, to process what, what Lee's done here and figure out what's going on and that they you know don't like Lee as a guy. I think Kenny's going to come by saying, look how vindicated I am. I'm yeah. the one who was saying, hey, Lee might be pretty racist. And it turned out, if you look at his Twitter account, well, yeah, he was. So Kenny, if anything, is going to be coming around strutting, saying like, yeah, I was right about this guy. So I don't think he's going to be in an angry headspace. I think he's going to be in a look how clever I am headspace. So I don't know if we're going to see like a physical confrontation if that's what you're wondering about. I'd love to. I hope we do. I hope I'm wrong. But I don't think we will. I think Lee's, and I want to use the word performance on this tell-all, I think will be a very interesting psychological experiment. Because I, 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 I want to see if he comes out there and he just lies, you know, like I and like just just does the like deny, deny, deny type of thing. And and or or if he I, I'm like or if he just owns it and goes out there and, and <laughs> just reiterates the type of things that he expresses on his on his Twitter feed and, and whatnot. Like, it's just I, I, I think we have a good chance for something just incredibly fascinating on a sociological level to happen in this tell-all, which I don't think we can say we've had before in these tell-alls. Because, I mean, last year, what like like we mentioned earlier, what the heck were we listening, looking forward to in the tell-all? It was like, oh my god, Corinne Taylor round two, and then it ended up being a, like a pretty one-sided beatdown. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get Kenny Lee round two, but I don't think it'll be, it'll be anything like what Taylor 
uh, what what Taylor Corinne was. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just think, like I said, from a sociological standpoint, I'm I'm interested to see. Oh. How Lee plays it, right? I'm, As, I'm yeah. interested too. I just think he's going to play it terribly because that's just that's just Lee. Yeah, I just I don't think he's a very smart individual. So we'll, we'll no. Yeah, I don't know. I I would just I don't know. Like if if Ray if there was a moment where Rachel came out and was in that like one on one chair and then Lee said something to her and then Rachel just went off, would that be a good? Or bad look for Rachel in in your mind. Hmm. Good. Good. Yeah. I think people. Like, I right, she's standing up for herself. I don't think anyone would blame her. Here, that's what I would say. I I, I think that uh, people, no matter what she decided, there would respect what she decided for the mm-hmm. most part. Yeah. I mean, I, I I I think like I would I would disagree with your thought that she would like that uh, it would look good. Like I don't think it would look good but i don't think it would look bad i agree with the fact that like i like i agree that i would respect her decision but i think i would ra- i would personally would rather see her just be like you know what you are clearly a horrible person so i'm not gonna let what you say you know affect my mood type of a thing right i don't know that's just me um so do you think brian do, do you think does rachel go three for three next week craig or in two weeks or whenever it is yeah. All right. Good honor. Good honor. And uh, who do you think the final two are? Eric and Brian. Uh, I mean, you know what? I think I think as far as if they're going to do the thing where they keep using the feeder system to find the Bachelorette, I think that's best case outcome. Because at this point of the three guys left, I'd take Eric, but I think Eric's going to win as the bachelor but i just don't want brian just anybody but brian as the bachelor as the bachelor right at this point of our lives yeah i'm fine with that yeah i agree all right so that'll be it for that so unless you got uh something else you want to say no i think i'm good um real quick before we go craig uh i just i think in light of new evidence are you and and i want to say before before I, 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 I ask you this question, I want to say I know exactly what you were doing, and I appreciated what you were attempting to do uh, for me on a personal level with this conversation in, in attempting to, to calm me down and, and stop me from jumping off a cliff into a large ravine. But in light of new evidence, how have you softened on the LeBron James to the LA Lakers scenario? I've not. Um, I think that there's a chance the Cavs can be even better positioned to keep LeBron James six months from now than I do right now. And two months from now. Okay. I, I mean, it's it's okay to live in, in in this in this in this fun world that you've created for you, yourself, you, hey, Craig. But you think uh, I don't? You think I don't want to watch the, the Raptors play in the NBA Finals? You think I wouldn't love to see LeBron go out west? I just don't think it's going to happen. And I just. It's it's just there. It's the thing though. Like now, the John Wall thing, the fact that John Wall actually signed the extension, I think has made me well that like that was like, here's the thing. I was so excited that John Wall, who's probably would you say he's the second best player in the Eastern Conference right now behind LeBron James, John Wall? Huh. That's interesting. Wow, that's oh my god. Um like like to me, I think the the question is 
is John Wall the second? Is Giannis Antetokounmpo? If I got that correctly, yeah, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I, or, guess, I think it's probably him. Yeah, or <laughs> knock knock. Who's there? Kyrie Irving. <laughs> right? uh, like... <laughs> it might have been. It might have been Paul George up until a few weeks ago. True. 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 Um, the second best player in the Eastern Conference. Jeez. <laughs> Oh, man, I didn't even realize how much of a mess this is. Yeah, yeah. He's not okay. Gordon Hayward. Let's, but... let's say it's John Wall. Let's say it's John yeah, Wall. Yeah, so John Wall, the fact that he, like, when he was not, like, when he was, there was that weird tension, he was not signing that extension. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to go to the Lakers, right? Because <laughs> it was right there. But, like, I mean, now that he's he's extended, like, I, I was just so excited that the, <laughs> there was, that the prospect of John Wall also going to the Lakers was gone, that I didn't even care that the second-best guy in the Eastern Conference re-signed with an Eastern Conference team who, you know, our, our teams, the Raptors and Celtics, would likely have to go through. And, man, I just, I I don't know. I just, I, I see the future, Craig, and I don't like it. I see LeBron James... Wearing a number six Lakers jersey, I see Paul George. I mean, like you can print those Paul George Lakers jerseys right now. Sure. And like Boogie Cousins probably signing, and then I see the future of of them being like forty and ten, and and Lavar Ball saying, you know, you know, Lonzo's the guy who's making this thing work. He's putting it all together, you know, taking interviews like that, even though LeBron's on his team, and Magic Johnson getting credit for building a, a, a you know for for quote unquote building a, a a championship contender and it's just I I just man that's that's darkest timeline. It's darkest timeline. I mean I, I really do think that it's just I think LeBron just wants to go out east. I th- I think he or out west, sorry, to the and I think it's gonna be the Lakers. Well I just if you're LeBron mm-hmm. and you want to just keep playing in the NBA Finals every year, yeah, why would you do that to yourself? No, it makes no sense. Like hilariously enough, and I know this would never happen in a million years, but if LeBron James's thing was, I just want to win title, like if it's just titles, 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 that's all I care about. The team he should sign with is the Boston Celtics in the off season because, like, who the hell, like they coast to the finals and then they've got. They, then they, you know, then you've obviously got to beat whatever team, whatever powerhouse teams come out of the West, and and that would be no no picnic. But that's his easiest way to a title. I just don't think LeBron. I think we have enough evidence to suggest that LeBron doesn't necessarily like winning and stuff is important to him. I don't want to suggest that. I just don't think it's as important as building the brand of LeBron, which he could do in L.A. And they would still win in L.A. Right? Because like. They'll add him. Well, and they're Paul... going to win no matter where he goes because he's, he's going to be on the team. Exactly, exactly. But like, I mean, it, the Lakers won't be a shit show anymore, right? Like, like the like hashtag Lake Show has been hashtag shit show the past three seasons, and like they they've got Lavar or sorry Lonzo. They've got well, they've got Lavar too. They've got Lonzo. They've got uh, Ingram. They've got. What if the Lakers and this is very very possible? In mm-hmm. fact, this is more likely than not. What if the Lakers are just absolutely horrendous this season? Uh, it's well, they're gonna be Why better. Is they're than... terrible, and yeah, maybe you're gonna go out and get Paul George. Well, I think you can lie. I think you can bank that right now. <laughs> like I, I, like I would honestly, don't, if I were like you guys, I would be, Paul, that Paul George this year, You don't think there's gonna be part of Paul George that says, "Hey, you know no. what looks good is the Clippers." No, no, I don't. I, I just, I don't. When, when have the Clippers ever signed a free agent over the Lakers? This is the first time in the history of our lives the Clippers have been better than the Lakers and had cap space. It's true. I but I so, just I like I'll be, like I'll just I'll believe it when I see it. I just it, everything always works out for that Lakers team, man. Like like they couple bad years, moved up in the draft every time. 
You know, like it's well, this just... year, this year they can get the first overall pick. And they don't get to keep it. True. Yeah, but I mean, I, what does it have to fall to? It's got to be three or worse or something, right? Like it can't be no, one or it, two. It, it, it is completely and totally unprotected in 2018. Who owns it? Uh, if it's the first overall pick in the NBA draft, it is owned by the 76ers. Mm-hmm. If it is two through six, it's owned by the Celtics. And if it's seven plus, it's owned by the Sixers. I thought oh, I thought that was the 2000. Oh, yeah, maybe you're right. So the Celtics could potentially have picks one and two next year if it land if it if the draft went the same way it does it did last year. The Correct. Celtics would have picks one and two. Very interesting. Very very interesting. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there I still think. Like, they're going to have Lonzo. I still think they'll get George. They still got Ingram. I bet they get LeBron. And I don't know, probably one more guy. Like, I used to think it was John Wall, but now it's probably going to be Boogie Cousins because, I mean, they're already having problems. I just, I foresee the Lakers super team and I don't care for it. Is, is yeah, what but it's the Kyrie everything. Like, like, Kyrie wanting to get just the hell. Who wants to not play with LeBron James? It's ridiculous. No, yeah, it is ridiculous. But let's just, just look at it this way. The, the Lakers, with some of their roster removed because of cap space, mm-hmm. and Paul George, Boogie Cousins, and LeBron James, mm-hmm. I think that there's an, that's probably the second best team in the West, and maybe the third best team in the West. Mm-hmm. I think I think too. They still wouldn't be deep enough to beat the Warriors. I don't think certainly seven, certainly not beating the Warriors. In a they, they, series, they'd have yeah. a hard time with Houston. Yeah. And who knows if Kyrie Irving's playing for the Spurs, they'd have a hard time with San Antonio too. Mm-hmm. Where do you think Kyrie ends up? Like, I, I, let me rephrase that question. Where is Kyrie Irving playing when the season starts in October? What team? What what uniform is he wearing? I got a hot take. Mm-hmm. Cleveland Cavaliers. I agree. I I was I I, I agree. I I think. Man, I just. I like th- this is another reason why I think LeBron's going because I think Kyrie like I don't want to say that they hate each other I think Kyrie they clearly don't like each other yeah I, I I but like I think Kyrie is smart enough to say that, like I honestly in my heart of hearts I think the Kyrie thing is he doesn't want to get stuck in Cleveland when LeBron jumps ship in a year and I I, I think that's his thing he's been talking to LeBron and I'm I'm thinking that LeBron's told him I'm leaving and he's he's like I'm leaving then he's demanding this trade now Kyrie could get out of Cleveland with zero consequences summer 2019 I guess so he'd have to at worst um, spend a season there before he's free maybe he's just got a taste for winning and and, you know and he he likes that taste and and wants to continue but Although asking for a trade in the next uh, doesn't support that exactly. theory. <laughs> exactly. I, just, I, I, I think. Why, why doesn't he like the Phoenix Suns? Yes, that's that's the one. Spot. Yeah, that's because Bledsoe. Because if you want to beat the Warriors, mm-hmm. Bled, Eric Bledsoe's a handy dude. Yeah, would it be Bledsoe and Josh Jackson for Kyrie? Now, Would... the, the, the the yeah, I think that trade makes sense for both sides. The Suns mm-hmm. have already said they're not going to do Josh Jackson. Okay. But I think that trade makes sense for both sides. Yeah. So you could get like Bledsoe on a. Would they give nice up an draft pick? Yeah. Would they give up something. an unprotected pick for? Yeah. for yeah. Maybe or a pick with limited protections. I don't know. But I think if you get Bledsoe and some stuff, and then perhaps the stuff mm-hmm. you can turn into somebody else. Yeah. At the deadline, because let's just say the Pelicans are out of it at the deadline. Mm-hmm. They'd be willing to trade Cousins. Yeah. Cousins spend a half a year in Cleveland. Let's say something happens to the to Oklahoma City. 
and they're out of the deadline. You don't think they'd be willing to cash in the Paul George chips? Yeah. And then you have Paul George, the stretch runner for the Cavaliers. If you have Paul George, LeBron James, and Eric Bledsoe on a team, that's some really, really versatile defensive group that I think could really cause some problems for the Warriors. Because that's how you cause problems for the Warriors, is extreme defensive versatility. And here's the thing about Kyrie Irving, he does not have that. Also not possessing that, Kevin Love. Yeah. So if you can get a bunch of guys in Cleveland who do have that skill set, maybe maybe you're talking there. The, I mean, him to the Knicks, Kyrie, Kyrie asking to go to the Knicks, that's purely just a hometown thing, right? Like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, be, yeah, the Knicks is hard, and, and he, you and know, he'd be a god the there, right? How the the Knicks ever put together an offer that makes sense for the Cavs without including Porzingis, which... Yeah, well, it would have to be mellow and, I don't know, four first-round picks or something or like something that. It would never... Stupid. Yeah, yeah. It, would, it, would, it would be dumb as hell. Um, the Miami still supports the I want to win factor because Miami's pretty good, but, you know, what would Miami have to give up to get him? Minnesota doesn't make any sense because I don't see, like, because... The only piece I would give up if I'm Minnesota is Wiggins, and I don't see—I don't know what else you give away with Wiggins to make that deal work. And even then, I wouldn't want because Kyrie Irving has to have the ball in his hand, right? And I don't want the ball being away from Carl Anthony Towns and and those Jimmy guys, Butler. yeah, and Jimmy Butler, right? And and him and yeah, Butler's always got to have the ball too. So yeah, I wouldn't go for Kyrie if I'm Minnesota. If you can, if you can find a way to get Kyrie on your team without giving up Wiggins. Yeah, that's a really interesting team all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, if you can but do that, I don't but... think that that's something that the Timberwolves are capable of doing. No, I don't. I don't. And Cleveland, I don't think would be because uh... you can't trade Jeff Teague if you're the Timberwolves until uh, mm-hmm. is it December fifteenth or January first? One of the two. Yeah, it's it's late. It's halfway through the season. Whenever that yeah. is, I thought it was after Christmas, so probably probably, probably January first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still think LeBron's going to the Lakers, though. I just, I man, that'll be. Just awful. Just, just Well, prepare awful. yourself for the worst. Prepare yeah. yourself for the worst. Oh, I have been. I have I been for the second I those rumors started. Yeah, I mean, God, what an awful thing to happen. That would be just him and the, like, God, he, he would look so, I cannot express to you how awful he would look in those, In then Shaq looked terrible in those colors, right? It was just, God, ugh. Ah! Oh, God, I hate it, Craig. I hate it. Anyway, we got to get out of here because we got to talk a little bit of Game of Thrones. So, uh, Craig, I don't know if we'll be talking to you next week because... I don't know if we want to talk about Mentel or something like yeah, that. Yeah, if something ridiculous happens, we'll come on. If not, we'll we'll, we'll talk to you in a, a couple weeks. Or maybe we'll have you on and talk, talk a little sports because we haven't talked sports in a while, and I rather enjoyed that Kyrie Irving, LeBron James to the Lakers conversation. So oh. uh, maybe we get you back on and... Uh, Football, you know, we're getting close. We got to be talking about. Yeah, we got to. I know. I had a news conference today. Yeah. And he was talking about all the different things that they have that they think they're going to make them better on offense. He's like, "Well, I think Jamal Charles is really going to help us." And as I was watching that news conference, like, "Oh yeah, 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 that's pretty. That's pretty cool." Because some of those things happen, you know. Because I love when we do our uh, our. Uh, our over-unders podcast and I, and I go through all the rosters and I do kind of like the who's in who's out for each team and you remember stuff like oh yeah Jamal Charles went to <laughs> sign with the you know the thing oh yeah so and so just picked up that receiver and it's like oh no look at what the Redskins did oh god damn it oh friggin swear, swear jar. jar look what Washington did but yeah Washington always terrible <laughs> like always terrible uh if I'm Kirk Cousins I get I 
try to get the hell out of there. I mean, uh, he, he seems to be on his way. Yeah. I, I, cause they don't have the receivers for, for him to be successful in that offense anymore. Anyway, that's a story for another time. Uh, so Craig needles, we'll talk to you when we talk to you and we are going to throw it to some game of Thrones talk. Take care. And we'll talk to you in a minute, everybody. And we're back on the Crossover Podcast. Earlier we had Craig on and we were talking a little bit of The Bachelorette and then we had a little impromptu talk on Kyrie Irvin and LeBron James and now we're going to talk a little Game of Thrones. So we're all over the place this week, much like an actual episode of Game of Thrones in 2017. Oh, shots fired by Matt. Uh, Mike Leapock is here. How's it going, Mike? It's going well. All right, good to have you back. Kevin Miller is also here. How's it going, Kevin? Uh, pretty good. All right, and re- completing our square or rectangle, depending on how you feel, is Kyle Brown. How's it going, KB? Not too bad, sir. Not too bad. All right, so interesting. Episode 2, Season 7, titled Stormborn, Game of Thrones. Um, it's, I mean... Man, I, I I don't know where to start. It it kind of I mean my, my problems with the first episode of, of and you know I like problems in air quotations because they were moving chess pieces around on the board in week one, so the pacing was was kinda of there, albeit a little bit slow. This week was just, okay, we're moving pieces around, and then, holy shit, everything's on fire! <laughs> At the end, it was just, um, I don't know. Uh, Leapok, let's start with you. How did you feel about episode two? It In that way, it actually kind of felt like classic Game of Thrones, where you're just like, all right, people are going things, we know where it's going, and then they're just like, no, fuck it, now you know, just kill everybody. <laughs> what about you, Mel? Yeah, actually, to, to that point, um, it... it felt a lot like classic game of thrones because their thing usually has been like let's you know use the first season to sort of recap where we are and move some more pieces in place etc etc and then episode two is like hey didn't see this shit coming did you um, <laughs> oh yeah I, I, it's also I, like classic game of thrones because uh i know pierce you talked about this before because the new character pretty much literally kicked down a door like i'm in charge now yeah i mean i mean we you're on kind of didn't he kind of did kind of didn't qualify for the whole like you know here i go i'm i'm in charge now but you know i thought about it he was really only in like two scenes last season wasn't he he, he showed up and he threw uh bale and Greyjoy over the bridge and then the other scene was the king's moot so he yeah. really only had like I don't know, less than five minutes of screen time. So I guess he, he should have technically qualified for, uh, for, for, you know, the, the kicking in the door. And now I run things status because yeah, I'd say he's absolutely a new character. Yeah. Like, last season he did so little where he basically just showed up and was like, all right, well, Yara and Theon now have to go do their own thing. But you know, really this is when he gets to actually kick down door and it turns out he has a giant ax to do it with. Yeah. And, and which brings me to my next point, Mike Leapock, you're on Greyjoy? Early season to seven MVP? 
Oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm no, but like, let's see, what has he done? He showed up, and so I'm just like, let's not sleep on Euron Jazz Hands Greyjoy at this point right now, right? Like showing up, clowning, like basically making promises and keeping them, a rarity for Game of Thrones, and then he's like. He, he basically shows up. He's like, seriously, I want to marry you. And and then he just starts clowning Jamie in front of everybody and then goes, you know what? You're not convinced. Be right back. I'm going to get you a gift. And then leaves and then goes and gets it at the end of episode two. <laughs> that is pretty great because, I mean, you know, we, we all thought that he was going to be going after Tyrion. But yeah, that was the most what? popular gonna, internet he, he theory. He could just go right back to King's Landing and be like, yo, I got the bitch that killed your daughter. Exactly. What yeah. you want to do? And, like, I don't know if you saw the this season on, but it showed him, like, riding on a horse. Like, you know, like, all he needed was, like, glorious playing in the background. Like, he's home. He's, like, basically doing, like, he's going down, like, Champion's Alley in King's Landing or whatever, riding a horse while people yeah. are cheering his name, you know. You're on, music. It's so amazing. <laughs> Go ahead, Miller. I was saying he's got the John Cena music behind him. Yeah, he's got <laughs> yeah, he's got just something going, man. Like, well, and really though, that, that that was his his fucking entry was like a wrestler. It's like, by God, that's yes! the wrong great choice music. Because like, I'll tell you how I thought it was gonna go down was like it because like the way it went, it it seemed like just the way like I said the way the episode was going, they were moving pieces around and. For half a second, and and you guys can answer if you felt the same way, but it felt like it was going to be, it, it would you know like the ship rattled and then they ran up uh, up to the deck and they saw like you know fireballs. I don't know where the hell the fireballs were coming from, but whatever. They, it was so awesome, and <laughs> fireballs were just flying around. And then it felt like when it was going to go, uh, the the bit when Yara like looked around and she got that hero shot and she goes, "You're on." It felt like that was going to be the like it was going to go cut. We'll see you next week, right? Yeah, it felt like that to me. But then it was like, oh no, oh no, we're doing this. And he even like, and like, I'll tell you who, like, the real MVP is whoever in the Iron Islands was able to build uh, these giant boats that seemingly are four times the size of of the other Iron Islands boats in like what of the three days since he asked well, them to be built, right? I, I think that the that one giant boat that crashed into them, that's his. Yeah, that's like it. Because, I mean, it had, like, like the way it did this, like, he somehow, like, got it to capsize forward and then jammed it had, into their thing no, to I create think, this bridge. I think that, that's the thing that just goes down. It's just a was drawbridge. It? Either yeah, way, I was, was going to say, that's classic Game of Thrones, too, because why have a gangplank that you can, like, use to board another ship if you're not also going to put spikes on and use it to crush a dude immediately? Yeah. <laughs> you just have this giant claw that goes down and kills a Yeah, while claw. he's doing this, like, wicked, <laughs> like, wielding an axe thing, and he's just like, I live for this! He's <laughs> like, just... I wish we got a better look at that axe. That axe was rad as hell too yeah you guys like he just like went on he's like a doyle rules according to the trivia that's supposed to be a throw to victorian's axe from the books ah, i was thinking i thought so yeah. funky yeah. funky but i mean it was literally like he literally did a, a leroy jenkins entrance like it was coming down he was just like you're on great job <laughs> right? and then just started slicing and like not only killed two of the three sand snakes but killed them with their own fucking weapons. And by the way, when you're on... I can't imagine two worse weapons to have in the middle of an onboard boat siege than a spear and a goddamn whip. Like, give me literally 
probably any weapon that has ever been created in the history. Like, I take that completely, like, ridiculous ballista that they were shooting at the dragon skulls in the middle of King's Landing on in that situation, right? Like, oh, has there, man. Has there ever been characters in any other show that have been so hype that have got less screen time than the Sand Snakes? Um... I think if you if you want to go there, you gotta go like movie wise. I think like yeah, you'd have to think to I like mean, yeah. they they yeah. showed up and they made them so badass. Like oh look at these chicks, they're gonna ruin some shit. They're gonna be awesome. And then yeah. like they and don't they appear the at all. And then writing. in the rest season, the writing is terrible. No one you likes them. You anymore. don't have to look far, KB, because in my opinion, it's Doran Martell who yeah. got built up and then immediately killed. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was Doran. It was not pretty for for Doran once over. Like basically, once over and Martell got his head smashed in, the rest of Doran apparently got their head smashed in along with him. Because man, they they've been pretty ineffectual. Um. I had a lot of problems with Theon jumping overboard. What were your feelings on that, Miller? Um, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to hope that by now Theon's got some sort of alternate plan where this isn't just an act of cowardice. Yeah. But uh, the boy still got Reek in him. You can take the boy out of Reek, but you can't take Reek out of the boy. <laughs> yeah. I, I really hope this is a... He was surveying the situation and said... Live to fight another day. Live to fight another day, or I'll go get John and then try to do whatever. This is not me, because like, think think back to the end of season five, the beginning of season four, when he when he finally you know gets his you know for lack of a better term balls back, um, <laughs> and picks you know pitches that uh, nine that ninety pound check that needed to eat a sandwich over the thing, and then did the jump with Sansa. For him to make a turn like that. And then do the thing at the beginning of season two where they're running through the fo- running through the snow, right? And they're like, you know, the hounds will come. We got to cross this icy river. I don't care how cold it is. It's our only hope of living. And then to get across. And then to be like, okay, that didn't work. The dogs are still on our trail. You hide. I'll go. And then he had like Sansa hide in the thing and then go, I'll go face what at this point is my biggest fear in life which is getting captured and going back to that psychopath who i've spent you know however long in the timeline yeah fearing for him to for him to be strong enough to do that to save sansa and then to for it to be like okay he's just like you know season two theon Greyjoy, who's just a selfish prick and then season three who's season three four who's reek who's just this broken dog of a human being and then have him revert back to that. It's a little disingenuous. You, you yeah, gotta remember. So. You gotta remember he was never raised in the Iron Islands. He was raised mm-hmm. a Stark, basically. Yes. So he's not gonna he's not gonna be an Iron Islander where he's like rush everything and rush in and be like, I'm gonna do like for on like for iron and rush into his death. He's not a moron like he has tactical knowledge and i mean if your uncle has a giant axe to your sister's throat he knew as soon as he moved forward he was just gonna slit her throat and try and cut him down yeah so it's it's a tactical move it looked bad it looked bad but i mean i don't think he's reverted to reek i i i don't think he's reverted to reek but i also don't think it was a tactical move i think ptsd is a real thing and yeah. he just had a okay. complete relapse that's yeah. he just yeah. had a complete mental break so maybe he's not going back to reek like as being like the you know 
the whipped dog kind of thing. But I mean, he has severe, like you don't just get out of that kind of like months of torture. Okay. Like he just had a complete relapse. And so maybe when he was in the winter with Sansa, he had like, you know, he was doing okay because it was just like the two of them. But that all that amount of violence and gore all at once, I think it just broke him. And he's like, fuck it. Abandoned ship. Yeah. That's a fair point. But I mean, if you've went through all of that and like, I'm, fairly certain he's ready to die at this point like if i was him i'd be like yeah, yeah just just let it be done kind of thing i don't think that's i don't but think it's, it's so much ptsd as he's well he does well, if, if he I mean, wanted to die he could have just rushed PTSD. him right but that but ptsd is not about wanting to die it's about about crippling fear it's about being mentally broken it's it's like i mean you see people with with P, you know with shell shock and everything and uh and, you know, all the different names it's had over the years. And it's been extremely prevalent in, in soldiers, you know, from basically for all time. And it's not people react in different ways to it. Like, and I don't think anyone who breaks is going to run into danger. They it wasn't about him killing himself. It was about him getting out of the situation. It was the boat filled with violence and and fire. And that was the worst thing for him. So he's just like, I gotta go. So he goes into the water, apparently. Where maybe he'll, um, you know, maybe he'll meet up with that guy who's been rowing in the water since season one or two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Living out here. Yeah, that, <laughs> he's just been doing it. Yeah. Um, what was wor- what what was the bigger insult uh, personally to, or what was the more savage insult? Uh, Euron calling him a cockless coward, or Yara just doing the deal with it as like, as Ilario was like yeah. playing with her. Right? It's just, just savage my god in heaven um just like uh well i can still fuck so get out yeah (laughs) Yeah. i Um, mean talk about getting caught with your pants down (laughs) yeah i see what you did there uh is there a chance that we see because basically so obara and nim are dead we saw them hanging, you know, they took the time to, like, skewer them to the end of their boat for whatever, which I just, that was just overkill. Um, so, Tyene and Alaria and Yara have all been captured, right? Like, Yara's didn't get... That, that's we have to imply. Yeah, yeah that, that's what's implied. So, uh, Leapok specifically, because I know he's one of your favorites, does this lead to maybe dissension in the ranks? Does Braun end up saving the most... Beautiful woman in the, the world. Beautiful woman in the world. In the world, oh, as God. it were. Is that is that is that the way we get Braun back in? God, I, I, I honestly, that would be awful. But I like Braun so much, I'm okay yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah, I feel the exact same way. I just wanna, I just wanna plant that tic tac of of it would it would it would put meaning to what I think is the if she is able to kind of seduce Braun into helping her escape in some sort of way, it would at least put some meaning to what I believe to be the worst line in the history of this television series, which was the, the you like good girls, but you need bad pussy, or whatever. God. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. The, the bad pussy. Bad, yeah. It's terrible line. Awful. Yeah. Oh, God. Awful line. God. This, this, they had so much potential. And, yeah. if uh, When we look back on this series fondly, the thing that the one the one thing I think we'll all look back on because we man we all loved Oberyn Martell and we wanted the Sandsakes and Doran to be so much more and really only Ilaria delivered in my opinion so upsetting 
It's it's so odd though because in the books and even in the show they fear Dorne like they're friggin' terrified of it. Mm-hmm. They they're all talking about we gotta make friends with Dorne. Dorne is this huge thing. They're gonna crush us and are just and then when you see the characters they just get the shit kicked out of them or their heads crushed and you're it's just the like, classic wow, line of that. how are you a superpower? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, the the big difference being that in the books, Doran and all the Sand Snakes are still alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's not like a civil war sort of element happening there. Like Doran's completely in control of everything, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it'll be be interesting to see what, how, how RR goes and, and, and does that whole thing. Because there's no way he's watching what, happens, what has happened with Doran in this last like year and a half and been like, yeah, that's how I envisioned it, <laughs> right? Like, right? Like, yeah, that's that's my that was my thoughts too. Like, um, oh, I, I I hope the hell, gentlemen. We have a finite amount of Game of Thrones time left. I believe we're down to thirteen hours now. If we could never, for the rest of those thirteen hours, spend any of that time with Masandi and Grey Worm. Thank you. Like I, just, oh my, I. Didn't that would, that would a, still be too much time. Give a <laughs> fuck about those two. Like who cares? I, I don't know. Like did that scene do anything for you, Leepock? Am I, am I just cold blooded? I might just be cold blooded. No, here's the thing. I, I basically agree with you. Where I think that their whole side thing, I don't care about. Yeah. Because they're just not influential enough characters. However, the scene actually was fairly well shot. Yeah. And that is that. And he did the Lord's kiss. <laughs> that scene was was okay. All the other scenes leading up to it were awful, but this seems like a kind of almost conclusion. Like, they'll have this scene, and then they'll have one other scene when one of them tragically dies, or both of them do. And I hope that's kind of it. But yeah, no. The entire time during it, I was like, ugh. You know, until, you know, Miss Annie got naked because she's pretty hot. So, you know. Yes. Their their whole scene seemed to me like it was a fan service by HBO. Like, they score high amongst uh, viewership that they want to try and grab. So they're like, oh, let's give them more stuff. Well, they are the only two non-white characters. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other right. than so, the Sand Snakes uh, who are... Who are, yeah, who are... I love the Sand Snakes who are <laughs> so also... Have, who have were like jettisoned. You dozen non-white characters, and you brutally murder two of them in one episode. Maybe you should give the other ones a bit more screen time. Yeah, I just... I just don't care about... Like... And anyone who says that they weren't sitting there going, well, how are they gonna like? And anyone who says they were they were fixated on the on the on the interest uh, on like the romance of the scene instead of well, how are they gonna do it? Is just fucking lying, okay? Like nobody was sitting there going, oh man, I'm glad these two are finally getting together. No, everyone's thought process was, well, how are they gonna? But huh? <laughs> right? Like I'm sorry. Know, like we're, we're all thinking. All yeah. right. Well, what does she look like naked? All right. Yeah. There we go. All right. Now, what does he look like naked? What does he got under there? Yeah. Just <laughs> nonsense. Um. Like, one thing I'll add um, is that uh, I agree with Lee Park. It was uh, a decent scene as far as scenes between them have been in the past. I actually um, just watched it a little while ago, and he actually acts it pretty well. 
Mm. He does, and I, I like him as a dude, actually. He was on uh, Game Grumps a couple he times. He was on Game Grumps. It was a great episode. And, mm. and was just amazing, because he's, like, you know, cutting loose and talking with this thick English accent and everything like that. But, like, I, I saw, like, some uh, people were, he, like, retweeted, like, the Game Grumps who were like, hey, dog, like, they texted him, like, hey, dog, nice ass, 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, the reason, I mean... Any book reader doesn't really care about a relationship between these people because Miss Day is like canonically six. Yeah, <laughs> I think she uh, might she be as old as eight. a child. Oh my lord! <laughs> yeah. So like, and you know that that much more impressive because she knows like eight languages and is super intelligent and is a child, right? Like that's why Daenerys took her under the wing. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm not interested in a romance scene between what is effectively a toddler. Yeah, and not... a eunuch. <laughs> yeah, not. Not smart. Um, really enjoyed the Varys and Daenerys exchange. Really so enjoyed that. I thought that was excellent because, like, it answered a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, well, other than the the Euron Greyjoy just showing up and being like Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, that was dialogue wise. That was fantastic because I just I absolutely loved. Because Danny asked Varys a lot of questions that I would ask Varys if I were Danny, but then Varys also fired back with, "Oh." Oh, oh! You think I'm new here? Oh, oh! You, oh! Don't act like I haven't been here since episode one. <laughs> like I am, I am Varys. This is not. I'm not Euron Greyjoy here showing up and being awesome in season seven. No, I've been here since the beginning. <laughs> you know, like, don't call it a comeback. <laughs> exactly. And like, I love Danny's war council, which wasn't as much a war council as the airing of the grievances. <laughs> like everybody, everybody just has beef with everybody, and they're like, all right, let's get it all out on the table here before we make our strategy moves. You, what are you not like? Well, uh, my husband died because of this guy. Uh, well, how do you say that? Well, she killed my niece. And so on and so on. Down yeah. the thing. You know what? Actually, if I could subtitle this episode, it would be like Game of Thrones, Stormborn, colon. Remember season one when this happened? Yeah, it, yeah, there kind was of was. a lot of that in this episode. Yeah, because Tyrion did the thing where he's like, you know, I knew John back in episode oh, two. Yeah, we turned it together at the wall. He yeah. seems like a good guy. Yeah. I also actually love that that they both have a mutual respect for each other just because of that one meeting. Just based like, on that I one mean, thing. it was a couple weeks, but that, that short time that they spent together, they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. It Enjoy was like movie. Jon Snow's first friend, really. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Lady Olena spitting hot fire as uh, she's wont to do on this show. My, my pick for MVP. Yeah, I don't know, man. You're on Greyjoy <laughs> right now, front runner. Um, <laughs> Melisandre walks in the Daenerys plot. My, Kevin Miller. Two for two, buddy. All right, you're on. You're on hot fire. Re- nice recovery after that uh, uh, Doran, Doran Martell M- season six MVP <laughs> pick. You're you're just like this is this is you know what it, it, like it's it's like when you have a bad fantasy football season, Miller, where you you pick a bunch of guys who either don't pan out or get injured, and now just every every guy you've got is just scoring a touchdown every week. Oh, no, yeah, if, yeah, you're if, just on fire. If you were to equate it to fantasy football last year, Kevin picked um, Matty Ice at the end of the draft. Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> yeah, very much. Um, I assume that's a sports thing. That's good for me. Yeah, I love This is a crossover podcast. Yeah. I can talk sports if I want to. Absolutely, you can. I love. Yeah, I, I just have no context. <laughs> I love that Davos and John are now headed to Dragonstone, where Melisandre is. I can't wait for them to get there and be like this. Bitch! <laughs> like, can't uh, you? Just, 
<laughs> I just want to see yeah. John and Danny in the same room. Oh that's, yeah, that's that's, that's going to be pretty. Uh, that's going to be pretty glorious. Yeah, when, that was, once they're... It actually kind of struck me that kind of exchange as like, I mean, it, it felt kind of fan servicey. Like if I were in, if we were back in like 2012. Mm-hmm. And people were like, here's how I would write the next season. I think that these two people should hang out, and then they'll make an alliance, and then they'll trade these things. And you're like, oh, sweet summer child. Yeah. And it kind of makes more sense now, but it felt very much like, well, she's got the dragon glass, she's got dragons, and we need to fight these White Walkers. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and like, it, it felt very much like an issue of convenience and very much like, yeah, we should definitely hang. And I like that they immediately threw in a couple um, – uh, landmines as well, which is, you know, Daenerys is immediately going to ask him to bend the knee, and, like, John is basically sort of planning, like, a heist almost. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's just going to be like, okay, you know, we basically, John wants her to help him, whereas she wants John to serve her. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's like, alright, so, whatever, we can be allies, but I want your, I want your army, and I want this mountain of dragonglass that's underneath, you know, your castle and those fire breathing monsters could help too <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually have a uh, quick sort of um sub prediction i mean this isn't a season-wide prediction mm-hmm. thing but maybe like the next couple episodes since it looks like from previews they're gonna meet in the next episode they're gonna have some scenes together does john consider bending the knee he never wanted to be king mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely he does because he's he's the only one doing what needs to be done to save the human race. For the sake of he's the he only did. one, and it, at some point someone's gotta give. Because all these kings, Stannis, uh, Cersei, Joffrey, Daenerys, yeah. they're all like, "I'm the king, bend the knee. I'm the king, bend the knee." And John's like, "I don't give a shit who's king, cause we're all gonna die mm-hmm. if we don't stop this shit." Yeah. He just keeps saying, like, he ends every point with giant zombie army. Yeah. He's like, did you know that everyone they kill joins their army? <laughs> like, yeah. join up today. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. and Matt Pierce is... got a really, really aggressive recruitment system. Yeah. And Matt Pierce is, you know, predicting that if they kill one of your dragons, you can raise that up. Is that the kind of shit you want to deal with? Right? Like, oh, man. Can, can... Can I just say while we're on this topic of John and Davos, I feel so bad for Davos. He's a smuggler. Yeah. He, he All he wanted from life was some money <laughs> to smuggle things and be cool. But now he's thrust into this, like... Missing fingers on his almost, hands. He's almost like the hand of the king now. Yeah. And he's, <laughs> yeah. you can see the look on his face where he's just like... I was a smuggler. What am I doing here? (laughs) I had a family once. (laughs) It's great for the POV chapters in the books because he's one of the characters who we get to see, like, adventures from his point of view. And, like, every, like, maybe two chapters that's from his point of view is like, man, I wish we could just, like, go home and I can see my wife and kids again. (laughs) Yeah, because in the book book, he still has kids, which is why he's doing all this stuff. Yeah, like a third of his kids he doesn't have to seem sorry seem to have as much motivation in the show because in the show all of his kids are dead so because in yeah, in the books he wants to keep his status and a good life for his kids but in yeah. the show he's just kind of like well i gotta do this because well and, and, and now as far as books were a couple seasons behind but i mean as as far as that i mean stannis is still alive too right yeah <laughs> and he's very he's true yeah <laughs> 
I, I want to go back to a couple things you mentioned, Miller. One, um, about does John bend a knee. I think either exactly what KB just said happens, or they do the thing where they both... Because, like, the audience kind of is invested in Daenerys and John eventually slamming parts, right? So they might do the thing where they talk it out and come to some sort of tentative agreement that doesn't involve bending a knee. So, you know, they have that, like, mutual respect I, I, kind of a thing. I tend to agree, yeah. I yeah. think it's going to be more of a... The dragon has three heads. We know yeah. that John canonically, is part Targaryen now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, they're half-siblings, right? Yes. Th- th- that won't stop them or from no, slamming no, parts, though, in this show. Aunt. Yeah. She's his aunt. <laughs> Again, that won't stop them from slamming parts in this show. Uh, Especially because they're Targaryens. Exactly, yeah. And you mentioned yeah. the other thing, Mill. You mentioned fan service earlier. Was there anything more fan service-y than the one completely unnecessary but totally awesome Lady Mormont line? And hero shot that she got. Like, it's just <laughs> Not like. At all. Yeah, that's why that character exists. <laughs> yeah, she, she just stands up and goes, We need the king of the north. And you're like, Woo! <laughs> this girl! She's the people's champion. Yeah, oh, sure. she absolutely is. She just needs, and she's dropping elbows on everybody every week. It's so good. Um, While Barris is like, I'm the people's champion. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I didn't enjoy the princess who was promised dialogue when they when when Masandi showed up and was like so Masandi put up an offer for me this week as far as as, as helping on screen stuff because it was just like she just did the actually the prince who was promised line could technically be in princess and I, I just kind of did an eye roll at that whole thing because I was just like oh come on God let's I, I feel, let's I feel not like give that scene could have been could have been written better yeah like, yes you need to get that point across mm-hmm. but. Is there a better way of doing it? Like, uh, yeah, there is. There's better lines. Like, yeah, there's a better li- like one more draft. I think to to clean up that dialogue. I think maybe I would have had a better. Tiny. You remember like four seasons ago when they said Valar Margulis applied specifically to men when Missande was having a conversation. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're, we're really pulling punches then, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. We are not that men. Hairs. Great point, Miller. Great point. Uh, yeah, it just it, it it wasn't great, and I was a just like translator. Yeah, and I was. Just just like Christ, another reason for Melisandre to switch franchises, right? <laughs> it's just like, oh God, here oh, we go. No. I, I fully expect uh, Melisandre to see John and Daenerys in the same room and for her heart to stop. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't really. Oh a... shit! Oh shit! She she just starts walking backwards. That's what I mean. Just kind it's, of it's... like. I, I just imagine her disappearing into the hedge mm-hmm. behind yeah. her, like Homer and the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, <it's great. laughs> well, oh. it's full on fan service. And then as soon as she sees them, she's like the biggest fanboy of them all. Like, here are the two chosen ones, both of whom I've said are chosen. Oh shit, <laughs> together at last, right? She's like, hey, hey, you want to have a threesome? <laughs> <laughs> so as long as I don't take off this, this necklace, I'm super hot. <laughs> yeah, add that to the shaken faith that she has since the last time she saw you know, John and Stannis in the same room. <laughs> you know, the last time there were two chosen ones together. Oh, yeah, right. So, King Joffrey, may you rest in peace. God rest him. <laughs> yeah, may you rest in peace. Sweet prince. <laughs> in seasons one through four. Uh, after that, taking up the mantle was... Ramsey, Ramsey Bolton. There's a little void filled to be filled there. And it's certainly not being filled by Euron Greyjoy because he's too goddamn awesome, you guys. So I submit to you, <laughs> Randall Tarley? 
I see Reynolds Harley more of a replacement for uh, Tywin Lannister, to be honest. He's got that feel of him. Okay, uh, excellent yeah, point. Yeah. Excellent point. Tywin was kind of replaced by Kevin mm-hmm. for like a minute. Yeah. No, Kevin. No. Oh. <laughs> and then, and, and then you know, Kevin was like, "Screw you, Cersei. I'm going back to the Rock." And then he blew up. <laughs> oh man, there really isn't a guy named. No, I, I can see that 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 uh, that he takes he takes over as the level-headed person who actually knows what he's doing. Yeah. Like that. That's what the Lannisters really need is someone who's actually competent. True. Very and true. Currently, they don't have that as part of their team. Yeah, I, I kind of like that he turned that offer down, or at least gave the implication that he was turning that offer down, because it made him seem more reasonable than what we had from his first appearance. Mm-hmm. Like, we've, we've basically known him only through the lens of Sam for the entirety of the show. He was in one episode where we saw him as a person, and because Sam was there, it was very antagonistic mm-hmm. and so to see him to be like hey cersei hey jamie not really picking up what you're putting down here um also you know the tyrells are my liege lords and have been for centuries so i don't know you from anyone you're just the king of the week as far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. so eh, i, I kind of like him being pragmatic in that way and you know not a complete at like asshole villain that he's kind of been built up to be so far. Yeah, I like he's very he's he's very old kingdom in that way where he's like he's similar to Ned Stark and like he's a Ned Stark Tywin Lannister type guy where he's the yeah, old way mm-hmm. he like um, his bannermen are his family and he can't turn on his family and that's that's kind of what Jamie was going for. He was like, hey, they're bringing Dothraki. Like, we don't want Dothraki here for the first time ever. That's bullshit. And he's like, yeah, it's kind of bullshit, but Elena and I are BFFs from, like, childhood, and, mm-hmm. and I grew up with her. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes with that. But, yeah, I see him as more of a replacement for Tywin, which is nice because I miss Tywin. He was awesome. It was also fun yeah. to get Sam's little brother in there. His oh, na- yeah. Whose name... Dickon was Dick on, <laughs> and he was like very <laughs> adamant about it too. Like, what's your name, Rick on? And he could have been like, yeah. And he was like, no, no, it's Dick on. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ! It is now, my lord. Is that his real name in in the book? Yeah. Oh, for God's sake! It, I... the, sorry, the story of uh, the Tarleys and how the uh, the hunting expedition he took Sam on and was like, hey. So uh, you're going to go to the Night's Watch, or there's going to be a hunting accident. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you're just like, well, and you're just like you're, you're oh. Your whole will be so sad to hear about the hunting accident. <laughs> <laughs> and this is happening as he's, like, skinning a deer, and you're just like, oh, well, this is pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. I, I still love the exchange that, like, I, I got to say one of the most underrated badass characters in, in Game of Thrones history is Sam Tarly's mom who, you know, took none of Randall Tarly's shit and basically had the exchange from Knocked Up where it was like, Randall Tarly goes, you're embarrassing me in front of company! And she just goes, you embarrass yourself! <laughs> and then leaves. <laughs> that, was, that was basically the, the exchange they had, but like the, the more eloquent Game of Thrones version of that, right? But it was it was essentially, you embarrass yourself! Um, man, it must have been pretty easy getting that giant dragon head in the basement of King's Landing, right? 
fucking ridiculous. I didn't buy that for a goddamn second. I'm like, where did they get this? Like, how did they get that down there? This giant, like, three-story dragon skull. Oh, God. They did it like every other museum. They <laughs> reassembled it. Yeah, I guess, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I can see all the little screws that are tying that thing together. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, like, how, like, oh, he brought them down here. There was trophies. And I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> God damn. Oh, uh, and that's a real thing, and also that room was in season one. <laughs> Again, remember this thing from season one? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> yeah. fine. That's fine. I like I buy all of the like dragon skulls the size of human bodies, the dragon skulls the size of a cat, the dragon skulls the size of a car. I don't buy the three story dragon skull because like. The entire, like, castle or wherever the hell that is doesn't have giant doors everywhere, right? Like, they have some... Reg- I just... Uh, it was too much. It was too it wasn't mu- three stories. It was like, no, dude, it was it was like, like 10 12 feet. feet tall or something. Whatever. Like, it was, and, like, tw- and like 20 feet wide, though, too. It wasn't just like, the only way they were getting it through is they would have had to cut it into pieces and reassemble it, like you said, Miller. Yeah. Uh, it was like the size of an industrial air conditioner. <laughs> yeah, it was... Man... Is pre- but like whatever I, I mean fuck it I'll go with it who cares and then, and then they had like a ballista down there and then, you know the only problem with a ballista is you only get one shot do not miss your chance like fuck like alright we got one dragon slayer yeah it's just funny they just got this thing that like like Cersei's like yeah I've got this giant crossbow that'll take them down but it's like but what if you miss <laughs> like, well, yeah, presumably I, they will build didn't like pull up True. Like, it's a skull on the ground <laughs> I guess yeah that's been like sitting there getting dusty just like yeah, yeah well, this will work <laughs> yeah that that's the other thing is that they shoot it they hit him right in the eye and then it kind of well, always go in the bone yeah and it's like all right but it didn't go through so what if you hit him in the cheek yeah or literally or, anywhere else yeah well you always go for the eyes which will be on top of its bone yeah <laughs> yeah all those scales yeah this thing yeah it's not the bones that we're concerned about it's the scales yeah <laughs> i give her credit though you always go for the eyes though i've been saying that like like that was the problem the the stupid guys throwing the spears in uh the arena went for it's so, like they were just like throwing it at like the biggest most guarded parts of the dragon i'm like no go for the eyes you morons blind it what are you doing <laughs> like uh, well, you know, if there's one thing that the Grandmeister knows how to do, it's to sell something to Cersei. True, yeah. yeah no, definitely. And, and what what I actually had, the, the problem that I have with that scene is exactly why I know those ballistas aren't actually going to work in the show, is because they're like, oh, don't worry, we have a secret weapon cooked up, and they immediately reveal it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's like, well, okay, there's a lot of ways this can go wrong. Like, you don't need to develop a secret weapon. All the dragons are dead because brave men killed them all. Yeah. Like, there's a, what, they've done it before you invented ballistas. Yeah, so... And you didn't invent ballistas. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's like, uh, don't don't yeah. act like you're so cool because you made a ballista, dude. Everyone's done it before. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's actually the really something that I thought was really funny, too, where they're just like, we've got this new secret weapon. <laughs> it's this thing that's been around for probably yeah. forever. It's like, I'm very proud of my giant crossbow. It's I gotta like, be what honest if, with what you. If, what if we got a crossbow and made it bigger? Oh, and he's brilliant. like, all of the best smiths have been working day and night. I was like, seriously? All of them? For <laughs> how long? And that's what they came up with? It's like, hey, this. it's just like, okay, so the dragon, when it was tiny, was wounded by spears. What if we made a machine that throws spears? 
<laughs> and like, no, they're like, they're like, we've got that. It's called a crossbow. And then somebody goes, but how can we approve it? And then they do the thing where like they have a picture of a crossbow and they can't figure it out. And then someone knocks like a magnifying glass on the picture of the crossbow, <laughs> right? There. And they're like, oh my god, I've got it. <laughs> we'll make a big crossbow. <laughs> I was gonna say that Kyber's like in his basement drawing up blueprints, got crumpled pieces of paper yeah. all over the place. He's holding up a bow. One of the little birds. And it lands sideways. He's like, oh my god. Yeah. One of the little birds. I, I imagine, I so imagine a scene similar to the one from uh, The Last Airbender where Sokka draws like a little hand drawn kids drawing of a boat and then the submarine. <laughs> the submarine, and then they just build this giant submarine thing. <laughs> so good. Oh. Uh... Just when you thought it was going to be a boring episode because you're on Greyjoy wasn't on screen yet. By God, that's not Mirius music. KB predicted her before the season. Where the hell did she come from? Out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty. That was pretty goddamn awesome. And she, God, she was huge. She was huge. Oh, she was. She was like three I of me. Queen of the direwolves now. So awesome. That that and, like. Uh... Like you, 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 you guys are like me. You, you think that was Nymeria, right? That, that, that's no, not. That was absolutely Nymeria. Oh, yeah, that, that, yeah, her. Yeah, her. That was, uh, that was actually another shout out to season one. Yeah, um, right. So it, Ned and Arya are having a conversation, and Ned says, "One day you'll, you know, marry that's, a rich yeah. man and live in a castle and have pretty dresses mm-hmm. and servants and all this stuff." And she yeah. says, "That's not me." Yeah, that that, that her yeah her that's not you line was not literal as much as it was existential. No, as in, as yeah. in, she was saying, "Come with me, like help me out, come help me in the war." And then yeah. she leaves, and she's like, "Yeah, that's not you. She, she is, you you wouldn't do that. She's that, going to show up and help though, right?" For. <laughs> that scene that scene to me was. Nymeria showed up and was like, hey, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm going back home. And she's Nymeria's like, don't you have a job to do? I kind of saw that in between them, and uh, I kind of saw Aria's face go, yeah, maybe I should just go do my thing and not go back home, because I'll just sit there and do nothing. It's also, like, I might be huge and vaguely magical, but I'm an animal, and it's been seven years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was... And it's, it, well, it's not, and it's kind of like, okay, so I can go fight and maybe eat a guy every once in a while and then die gloriously in battle like the rest of them. <laughs> when Arya, after hanging out with Hot Pie, who also, Woo-hoo! by God, that's Hot Pie's music. Um, <laughs> when she... that's another, that's another uh, uh, yeah. prediction of mine. <laughs> we just need Gendry. We need, we need Gendry and we're going to fire off some like confetti or something. We're, we're gonna Dude, Gendry need... is going to pick up uh, Theon in the water. He's yeah, like he's still said. rolling around. <laughs> He's just gonna have massive Popeye forearms. Size of freaking tree trunk. Yeah. This was the prediction. This is what I'm saying. I got. I give my. I give Hot Pie coming back a half point for me. As soon as we see Gendry again this season, mm-hmm. I'm calling it a full point. Yeah. But I mean, like, like <laughs> we're gonna see Gendry. He's got like Popeye forearms and shit, just yeah. been rowing this whole time. Oh man. He picks up the un. Do you know which way land is? Yeah. <laughs> Do you? Uh. Leapok, did you get? Were you disappointed or happy when Arya stopped headed north instead of going to King's Landing after she left Hot Pies? Uh, 
I was so happy. You were happy? I want to see more Starks in the same room again. Fair enough. I was disappointed. I was like, no, go get her. You got throats to slash, not friends to make. Right? Like, but again, well, that's just me being cold It's funny, though, because it's, it's, such a, uh, it, it's, it's a, such a good scene because mm-hmm. it really shows kind of like the inner conflict, just like uh, last episode yeah. where she's all like, I'm going to kill all these Lannisters. And then and they turn out to be good people. So she has this nice little conversation with them. It's the same kind of thing. Like, um, like, how I felt like with uh, her in the inn was that like the way she was eating and being really, really cold and answering in like short words and stuff. It was like, she was channeling her inner hound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much while so eating was, and doing it too. Right. The way that yeah. she was eating, the way she was talking, she was just like, rah, rah, whatever. And she's, she's got her focus thing where she's like, yeah, I'm going to go fucking kill people. And mm-hmm. it's going to be great. And then as soon as he's like, no, 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 Winterfell's still Winterfell's back and John's in charge. It's King of the North. Then she kind of like reverts because remember she is still a little girl. Yeah, like she reverts back to her human self. Yeah, John <laughs> like, Snow, King of the North. Like, oh, that's interesting. He <laughs> is my that. favorite one. Yeah, and I love those two guys providing the hilarious exposition <laughs> to let you know that she's going north. Like she's sitting there listening to him, and he's like. Hey, audience, and they're basically <laughs> giving out a dialogue that's basically like, hey, audience, pay attention to us. We're Lannister people. We're heading to King's Landing. So, like, and then they're on the thing. They're going, remember, we're heading to King's Landing, audience. So when she turns around on her horse, you'll know she's not going that way anymore. Right? It was it's a like, good thing my compass is pointing south. That's where I'm going to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, boy, I, I completely missed that. But yeah. I know that set well enough in yeah. previous seasons that the way she headed, I'm like, yeah, that's north. Yeah, but she was just like, like, I'm knowing that, but I knew it. He's basically like, boy, this map we have that directs us to King's Landing. I wish it was bigger. <laughs> like, it was like, so bad. Um, mark the time. Before, before also, that, last, though. Just quickly before we get off of Hot Pie, yeah. my favorite line, I'm going to paraphrase, paraphrase here. I will never die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, think you know what? I believe him. Hot Pie. My favorite line of that is when he's explaining to Arya of how to make the pie correctly, and she's like, "Oh, I didn't do that." He's like, "You made pie?" She's like, "Yeah, I made a few." Yeah, a couple, <laughs> oh, one or two. Whatever. Yeah, had people in it. I actually really like just that that hot pie knew everything. Yeah, um, being like the exposition king because. And it actually makes a lot of sense because of where that inn is. It's kind yeah, of oh, yeah. You would hear shit. Yeah, you would absolutely hear shit. It's an important crossroads. And so what are you going to do when serving people? Yeah, you're going to listen to all the freaking gossip. So he's like, yeah, yeah no, I know everything. You know from that scene, every person who passes through there loudly exposes exactly what they're doing. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Uh, mark the time, guys. Uh, it's like, I think it was 9-17-ish at, uh, on July 23rd? Something like that. Whatever Sunday it was. Uh, I don't know what it was. No, no, the exact moment I respected uh, Jorah Mormont. Man got it tough. He got it tough for that scene. I got to tell you, got to give him, got to get you know credit where credit's due. I mean, he's he's been a little Nancy boy for most of this. Uh, I don't know if that's politically correct to say that, but uh, you know, he he is he has not been tough <laughs> in Matt Pierce's eyes. And then he was there, uh, you know, get you know kept it together while he was as best he could while he was getting flayed alive by sam that, who's that like that scene was pretty funny though because yeah. he's like no seriously i need you to stop crying like a bitch <laughs> yeah well <laughs> i'm not gonna get yeah times we've done this before oh never and if that anyone catches us they're gonna kill us both. <laughs> yeah. he sees him just like hacking he's like you've ever done this before he's like no and he hacks at it like a crazy man <laughs> yeah like, just gnawing away at the gristle like <laughs> just sawing away so bad so bad oh god uh professor slughorn <laughs> 
I said the in the last episode, though. It's great. It's great to see uh, Professor Slughorn from yeah. Harry Potter Six. Yeah, play, back in Game of Thrones. Still the worst. Still the worst. Professor Slughorn. Oh man. They, they killed Argus Fields. Yeah. Professor Slughorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I have to man. say, I really like that character. I like him a lot too. I think that character is fantastic. Yeah. It so reminds me of like so many university profs mm-hmm. where the, the first year student, he's read one book. Yeah. He <laughs> shows up fresh out of high school, you know, fucking hot shit. He's read freaking like Cloud Atlas and thinks he knows everything about social Darwinism, puts yeah. up his hand and is all like, well, this book says this. And it turns out that the fucking professor like co-authored it or whatever. Like, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> a hot takes there. Good Leapock hunting. Yeah, it's it Leapock. <laughs> it's, it's like when you have, you know, when you when you get together for like Thanksgiving or some shit and you have that cousin or whatever who's just I'm turned back from my first two months of college yeah or they just <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm taking psych 101 one. and now i'm diagnosing all of you exactly yeah or it's like you know opinions for y'all it's like the 15 year old who just finished reading atlas shrugged and they're like now i'm gonna start saying shit right <laughs> it's just like yeah sit down buddy right uh classic face of life um peter baelish i think had the best look in the entire episode when John's like, I'm leaving the North and I'm leaving Sansa in charge. And then he's just like, ha ha, advantage, Baelish. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so good. Remember when I said I wasn't going to touch her? I lied. Yeah. And then another callback to season one because he goes down in the, although let me ask you this, who built the Ned statue during this time when? Uh, they, they did that at the end of season. They did commission that at the end of season one. Or wait, did they? Uh, they did in the book. But, like, the second yeah. Ned Stark was dead, Theon took Winterfell. And then Ramsay took Winterfell. And then, you know... Like... The implication no, Brand, Brand... early in book one is that these statues are built, like, once the lords and ladies are adults. Like, way in advance. Oh, okay, so it's not it's not a death statue? I, I, thought, it's a... I thought there was a line in the book right afterwards where it's like, well, we'll need to find someone who knew his likeness right after they got... Oh, him, you know what? That died. might be good. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's right because I think I was, yeah, okay, I was, uh, I was sitting next to someone recently who just had read that chapter, and then I had read that, yeah. So they, 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 but they commissioned it like as soon as the, uh, as soon as they got news mm. that he had died. Okay, but I, that was actually like the first thing they did. All right, because that, that's part of the funeral preparations for them, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I just was wasn't sure. If, I just wasn't sure if the timeline lined up because it was basically like he gets his head cut off. Uh, in what season nine or uh, episode nine of season one? <laughs> <Yeah>. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> uh, so, I've been drinking. I'm not going to apologize for it. Stuff. Yeah. Anyway, uh, episode nine of season one, he gets his head chopped off, and then what? Episode two of season two, <laughs> the Starks no longer hold Winterfell. Although you know, it's probably best not to question the uh, timelines in Game of Thrones because it's a, it's a bit later than that like there's enough yeah, time for uh, like Rob and Catelyn to yeah. get word that Ned has died and starts to try to treat with Renly's mm-hmm. forces and then that's when like Theon goes back to mm-hmm. Pike and starts kind of arguing for the sake of joining under Rob like there's there's enough like I would imagine in canon, there's probably a, a, at least like a month or two between that. Yeah, because well, Rob has to gather an army and then leave. Yeah. Yeah, after Ned dies. Or, sorry, after Ned is arrested, rather. And Bran was in charge of Winterfell for a little while. I mean, there was a few episodes there, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yep. Where it was him and Mace, uh, uh, whatever their maester's name was, I yeah, forget. Yeah, the guy Theon And killed. then he, he sent, he sent uh, 
troops away to help with like feuding lords and stuff and the maester was like it's a good move you're very smart mm-hmm. oh shit we have no troops yeah it's, <laughs> yeah it's probably best not to question the timeline in game of thrones because for all we know euron's only been gone for like an hour right like he's basically like don't worry cersei i'll be right back and then an hour later i have returned triumphantly and victorious what <laughs> <laughs> if he looks out the window of the red keep and sees the iron fleet there, and he's like hold up a tick yeah <laughs> Get my boat. Let's go, he's like i'm gonna be right back don't look out that window <laughs> i want it to be a surprise <laughs> uh mike leapock who wins episode two It's easy, man. Just say the name. uh, It's got to be Euron. Absolutely! Kevin Miller. (laughs) He comes down on that gangplank, and he... Oh, man. Everything he did. He choked the... He killed them both with their own goddamn weapons. He's like, I don't even need my awesome axe to kill you. I'll kill you with your own weapons. both unarmed. (laughs) Yeah. And punched him in the face, like, several times. Oh, God. I was just like, whoa, you're... I, like, when he attacked, I was like, oh, man, all my Sand Snake guys are gonna, like... I'm like, all my ladies are gonna be killed. And then he just started doing awesome stuff, and I was just like, oh! Right? Just like... Sure, there is one thing that I have to add. that They, they need to address the fact that don't the Sand Snakes fight with poisoned weapons? And he got stabbed, like, six times. True. Well, I'm actually kind of wondering, Mike, and I kind of wanted to come back to this, um... Because of that, do we think that he's going to have, like, the poison infection kind of Victorian route? Yeah, the Victorian. Yeah, I, I was wondering that, too. So Where, you, so where he had the hand in thing? In the Victorian, um, he doesn't get poisoned, but what happens is uh, someone chops down on him with a sword. He catches it with his, his like, you know, he has a, a gauntlet, like a, a metal gauntlet, catches it, but it cuts through, and his hand gets infected, basically. Mm-hmm. And his whole arm gets all fucked up. And so then they get this red priest who turns his hand into a demon hand. He then repays the red priest by throwing him off the boat for some reason. And because, you know, he's just a giant dick. Well, uh, because now he's, he's got, not an he doesn't believe in the red god. <laughs> yeah, so now he's got, you know, magic demon hand, which is cool. So, yeah, with Euron getting stabbed, you know, 18 times with, you know, daggers that are hopefully poisoned um, or probably poisoned. The, you know, maybe we'll see him, um, you know, see the, uh, get that kind of cure. Maybe mm-hmm. some sort of magic demon cure. Well, yeah, and, and him being in weakness from infection and so on might be an opportunity for, like, uh, Yara and uh, Alaria to sort of make their escape, too, if they're going to. Yeah, I, I don't think Alaria is long for this world, Miller. <laughs> I gotta tell you. <laughs> hey, I'm with you. One of those two is dying, and it's because they dare to be lesbians on national television. <laughs> I, maybe, I don't know. Well, no, Alaria is, well... Is that a fucking trope? <laughs> Well, Alaria is not a lesbian. She loves all flavors. <laughs> oh, well, in that case. Yeah, it's true. That makes it okay. Then. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's all okay. But, uh, yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, I like all flavors. Uh, Kevin Miller, who is, so far, through two episodes of Game of Thrones, the MVP of the season? Oh, it's difficult. There haven't been a lot of the same people in both episodes. Uh, for between both, I would say Euron, but for this one in particular, my vote goes to Varys. Um, yeah, for, having, for having like the guts in like a four-minute conversation to mm-hmm. say to Daenerys, yeah, I tried to kill you. I don't even regret it, really. Here's why. <laughs> yeah. And also, you're going to not, like, you're going to pardon me for it. Yeah. Yeah, you, you can't sleep on that Varys scene who, who, who put in a tremendous performance. But I, I'm... I mean, 
it, that it was, was pretty funny. He literally kills like five yeah. named characters, but I mean, he kind of killed it metaphorically. I just think we're sleeping on Euron Greyjoy here. I think he is the clear MVP favorite through two episodes. Now, he might die next episode, for all I know. Like, Jamie might just be like, he's getting a little too close to my sister. Hack, for, for, all, for all I know. But I, like, I mean. What is dead may oh. never die, you guys. <laughs> like I'm telling, like I'm telling you, like my God, he is the sea. For God's sakes, he showed up on like a crazy wrestling style entrance on a gangplank. Uh, uh, <laughs> like, some Peters, do you remember Kyle Drogo? <laughs> oh, I know, but like if we were if we were doing a podcast about season one, <laughs> think of how jazzed you would be. <laughs> oh yeah, oh I loved, I loved. Oh, don't get me wrong, I thought I was like, oh man, Cal Drogo is so badass, and when he dies, it's gonna be like fighting an entire army by himself, and he's gonna kill like twenty of them before they even take him down. Right? Nope, <laughs> not didn't know what this show was all about before <laughs> before that went down. But now that I have an, I'm just saying, I'm just calling it like I sees it right now. And right now, I got Euron Greyjoy one, and I got I got Arya Stark two. Like that's it right now. Like that's that's the that that's that's the ranking for me. And that, like I, I said, I still actually would rank Arya in terms of MVP over yeah. there because she killed a family, and not yeah. only that, but a large family. Yeah, I made a joke about it in this episode. Yeah, but I mean, like. I, like I said, like you're like you're on Granger. I could be like 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 he's like Aaron Judge right now, but you know, in in sports analogies, he he could blow out his ACL and miss the rest of the season, which in the Game of Thrones version is just <laughs> fucking dying next episode, right? Like so so I'm just as a very quick aside, yeah. uh, Mike, because you said he killed a family, and we saw you're on more or less do the same here. Yeah, uh, that leads to the question. Who's in charge of Dorne right now? Who's in Dorne? I was wondering, like Tyene. If that. well, that was that was the thing that leads me to my to my thinking that Tyene's gonna help Bronn escape because what did Jamie promise Bronn? A, a pretty highborn wife. Technically, Tyene is very pretty, and isn't once Alaria is rubbed out by Cersei, isn't she the queen of Dorne? Kinda, sorta. I mean, Valeria was never had a right to the queenhood, so. But yeah, I suppose so. I get you. I you know, I guess like she was technically married to Oberyn, so she wasn't married to Oberyn. She wasn't. Oh, I thought she, she was. was. Banging Oberyn. Oh, right, because he said he was her paramour or whatever. They so were, they were straight up fuck buddies. All right, yeah. all right, all right. Fair enough. Oh, well, I was gonna say because in Doran they do in charge simply because she killed Doran and then claimed that she was in charge. Yeah. yeah so. Like, we have no idea where the uh, where anything falls after this because all of yeah. the named character, all of the Dornish named characters, well, are either dead or are captured. Yeah, well, because yeah, Dorn actually waiting for like the end of the season where like Quentin Martell shows up and he's like, "What the hell happened?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was gone for ten minutes. Because <laughs> like Tyene is technically Oberyn's daughter so she is next in line kind of sort of maybe yeah, i don't like, know Oberyn, who was wouldn't we like to see tyene and had a bastard daughter with a bastard wife yeah they don't they don't shun bastards in doran though right and or females because wasn't that a big thing in the books that they were trying to hook up tyene to marcella because in their eyes marcella would technically be in yeah, line to the iron throne the firstborn is the heir it doesn't matter if they're a son or daughter yeah in in doran's eyes right so that was why they were trying to hit um hook tristane yeah. to marcella, marcella right? would be the, the proper queen rather than uh Tommen. yeah so i don't know and also wouldn't it just be awesome if we get like like when we go through the montage of you know, like, if, I mean, we probably won't, but if we end on, like, a, in the last episode of Game of Thrones of, like, a, get, like, a where are they now, like, 
uh, happy montage at the end after they defeat the Knights King and like Braun and Louis Louis Moss. Yeah, and like Braun and Tyene are there and and it does the freeze frame of them like and it says like Braun and Tyene married and live happily ever after you know or something underneath the screen <laughs> like in fast time exactly yeah like in fast times at, <laughs> in fast times at Ridgemont High right like, like Spicoli disappeared and we never. <laughs> Oh, I can think of no better way to get out of get out of here than than on that note. Um, so yeah, that's it for the Game of Thrones episode two, uh, Stormborn conversation. Uh, great chat, you guys, and uh, we'll be back next week to talk to you guys about episode three of Game of Thrones. I think that'll be it. I think we're just gonna do a little Game of Thrones talk, unless the men's tell-all on The Bachelorette is just so awesome that Craig and I have to come on and talk about it. Other than that, probably just be us talking a little Game of Thrones next week with a random assortment of individuals who care to come on and talk about it. So, with that said, Crossover Podcast available at thecrossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, Twitter account at mpier6, and uh, soundcloud.com slash crossoverpodcast for however long SoundCloud is still up and running. Uh, that is it. Kevin Miller. Mike Leapock, Kyle Brown, thanks for coming on. You guys had a lot of fun doing this, and we'll talk to you guys next week on the Crossover Podcast. Don't, don't change.